Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. From the KALX Studios in Berkeley, California, I'm Franklin, and this is the Berkeley Rock Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. I'm Charles Lee. Coming up in today's show, mutations, monsoons, and mitochondria. And joining us today is Mr. Gar Sundem on Geek Logic. In addition, you can find out what Percocet is. So stay tuned for all of this, plus the Grokotron 5000. Plus the world-famous question of the week. Coming up. Here on the Berkeley Grox Science Show. Back to Parker Crocs, I'm Frank Ling. And I guess that makes me Charles Lee. How are you doing, Frank? Pretty awesome. You know, you have one level, it's awesome. <laughs> Everybody wins. But are there different levels of awesome? Super awesome. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is it Valentine's week? Oh, yes. Well, hey, happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, man. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's a good enough reason to be awesome. <laughs> love is in the air. Yes. So is science. Every day, right? <laughs> or both. Oh, huh. I love science. So but tra- science doesn't love me. <laughs> so Charles, how many times do you plan to get married? If my current rate is any indication, around about negative 12. <laughs> I'll actually be divorced more times than I'm married. <laughs> Pretty sad. I don't even know how that works, but yeah. <laughs> so here's our animal fact of the day. Eagles apparently mate for life. That's quite something. <laughs> That's commitment, man. Yeah. Is it an arranged marriage? The populations are dwindling, right? Just, uh, might question that particular mating strategy then. <laughs> yes. That's my animal fact. Okay, that's a pretty good animal fact, I think. I've always thought the eagle is very noble, and mating for life certainly is noble. Mm-hmm. And they're not bald, actually. Just look bald. Yeah. So here's my story, which has nothing to do with animals. <laughs> or baldness. Or mating. It's about tooth decay. So More fluoride. No fluoride, in fact. So U.S. Army is working on a high-tech chewing gum that supposedly has this protein fragment called KSL, and it's believed that it might kill harmful mouth bacteria. Really? Hmm. At the same time, BASF scientists, guys in Germany, they're working on a lactobacilli bacteria, the ones found in yogurt, and they think these can do the same trick as well. Oh, okay. So these would bind to the um, streptococcus mutans, which are the cavity-causing bacteria in your mouth, and prevent them from reaching your teeth. You can buy Bass F yogurt (laughs) (laughs) right next to CD discs they're selling. Or maybe they'll just include it on the uh, CDs and you can chew on the CD and that... Gums are also polymers, right? (laughs) Right, true. (laughs) Very good probiotic stuff going on. And in fact, BSF is actually working on other applications with these uh, bacteria. Apparently, they want to use them to regenerate the skins, uh, protect the skin's microbiology, particularly the natural bacteria that are found. And supposedly, this could help to prevent body odor. Mm. It's a very nice summary in the uh, chemical and engineering news. Which doesn't smell at all. Bald eagles, they must like to mate quite frequently with one another. Some people like it bald, right? <laughs> it is quite sexy. Yeah. Just ask Terry Savalas. <laughs> Do you ever wonder why they can't mate with pigeons, Chickens? for example? <laughs> Chickens? I don't know. 
Is it the wrong size? Mostly based on their genes, which are incompatible. And the big question is, what events actually lead to uh, organisms splitting off and causing separate species lines that uh -huh. can't interbreed? Uh -huh. Now, a novel mechanism that might be responsible for this. One gene or a group of genes hops from one chromosome to another. And in that case, apparently the offspring are sterile, produce any uh, offspring of their own. Okay. So leading to a separation of the species at that point. Uh-huh. This was actually discovered in a group of fruit flies, two species, Drosophila simulans and Drosophila melanogaster. Okay. What they showed was that a particular gene called JY-alpha mm -hmm. hopped between chromosome 3 and 4 in Drosophila simulans. That, as a result, has led to simulans and melanogaster being unable to interbreed. Oh, incompatible. Yeah. Wow. It's a new mechanism that they've shown uh, that could be responsible for actually separating species. So there must be some built-in mechanisms to promote diversity. I guess hopping genes is the mechanism. Yeah, jumping jeans. Jumping jeans. Published in a recent edition of Science. So speaking of mutations, did you know that 15% of human males suffer from infertility? Quite a large amount. Yeah, that's like one in eight of us, right? <laughs> well, if I knew eight people, I guess that. Turns I out. Ba I barely even know you. <laughs> and we've been doing this show for six years. <laughs> So it turns out this could actually be linked to mutations in the mitochondria. So some researchers led by Kazuko Nakata showed that mice with mutated mitochondria had less energy for their sperm cells, and as a result, they more or less died before they reached the uh, meiosis stage. If you see an analogous phenomenon in humans, explain why there's so many guys who cannot make babies. Right, so are they suggesting that there might be a way of attacking this problem? So they think if you can get drugs that restore the uh, mitochondrial energy production, then this could help restore these sperms to their original vigor. Okay, excellent. Then won't they be passing on the genes responsible for this to their offspring and then it's... But mitochondria is actually uh, get that from your mom, right? Oh, that's true. Right. Good point. This could be promising and this was reported in our very favorite journal. The Proceedings. Yeah, of the National Academy of Sciences. PNAS. And so appropriate here too. Do you like droughts? They keep me dry. <laughs> Those who are living in places like India, for example, rely on the monsoons to uh, water their crops. Right. El Nino-type events are correlated strongly with droughts occurring in the region. Shifts the moisture away from India? or Right. I, I heard the results are actually quite dramatic. So something like a 10% drop in moisture would basically cause a normal rain season to uh, drought. Well, and then 10% more would cause flooding. <laughs> Researchers now are looking at correlations between surface warming of the sea uh -huh. and if that can predict uh, which El Nino-type events will predict a drought in the region. And it turns out that, based on their studies, that droughts are actually more associated with elevated temperatures in the central Pacific uh -huh. rather than warming in the eastern Pacific. So if they can measure this beforehand, they might be able to tell if there's a drought and right. take preventative measures. I'm not sure what those would be. <laughs> Huge buckets of water, I guess, but fascinating work. And it was published in a recent edition of Science. And that's all for a look at current developments in the world of science and technology this week. This is Berkeley Grox you're listening to here on 90.7 FM. In a few moments, Mr. Garson then joins us to talk about geek logic. So stay right there.
and I have a song, a song to sing all over this land. It's the hammer of justice. It's the bell of freedom. And the song is the song of love. Love between all of my brothers and love between all of my sisters. Welcome back to the Berkeley Grok Science Show. Well, life is filled with many vexing problems, from should I work out more, to is it time to meet my girlfriend's parents. Luckily, these everyday problems can be easily solved with the help of math. That's right, math. Joining us today on the Berkeley Grok Science Show to help us mathematically solve some of these everyday dilemmas is Mr. Garth Sundem. Mr. Sundem has a long history in the field of math, from playing with an abacus as a child to studying math at Cornell. His new book, Geek Logic, 50 Foolproof Equations for Everyday Life, explores mathematical solutions to some of the most troubling questions in our lives. Mr. Sundam, thank you so much for joining us in this week's episode of Berkeley Grocks. Thanks for having me. Well, this is a very fascinating book, and I'm wondering if you could tell us how it all began. Yeah, Geek Logic uses simple math and a sense of humor to solve everyday problems like should you apologize to your significant other or should you eat something scary from the back of the fridge or just order Chinese? I try to get into mathematical equations and it spits out a real answer. <laughs> so how did you go about coming up uh, with these questions? Well, it started on a couch at Cornell's. Me and my friends, we spent way too much time on this couch, and they needed something to tell us when it was time to get off this couch, so making this equation based on how much studying we'd already done, how hard we thought the test, how many beers we'd already had at that point, and much to our geeky delight, this equation actually worked, and I've been making geek logic equations ever since. But my dad was a president of the American Accounting Association, and I'm afraid that I had an abacus thus and it looks like math can have insights into uh, all sorts of life's problems. Right, right, right. As long as you can quantify the math factor, which is sort of the crux of all of these ecologic equations is, you know, how are you going to quantify the factors that make up these decisions? You know, there's common sense. So if, if you're looking at uh, whether or not you should apologize to a significant other, the variables I used are how many fights has she won in the last month? How many of you won in the last month? How right is she? But then, how right does she think she is? Uh, how many days are you likely to sleep on the couch if you don't apologize? Know the concrete yes and no, but sometimes aren't with the interpersonal yes and no. And so I hope that uh, Geek Logic allows these somewhat out-of-touch people to perform in all of these important social situations. Well, I think that's good advice for uh, all the geeks out there this Valentine's Day. And uh, one of my favorite questions in the book, probably also relevant to today, is do I have a snowball's chance in hell with her? My answer is that for most people reading this book, the answer uh, a priority would be no. Right. The first equation of the, in the book is uh, do you have a snowball's chance in hell with her? And uh, generally, you know, the, the common sense that is built into this equation is that your attractiveness and other factors need to generally match her factors. You know, we look at your attractiveness, we look at her attractiveness, 
we look at are you a witty conversationalist, which can make up for a lack of attractiveness? <laughs> How aggressive are you willing to pursuing this relationship? You know, which we quantify one to ten, with ten being we'll be under her window with guitar in hand tonight. Then we look at background features, like how many things do you probably have in common? How many things do you probably have that are important differences? difference in schooling, and, of course, her relationship status. So, you know, generally, this, this, this is the way I think a decision is made with common sense, and all I've done is uh, put it in sort of a fun math puzzle format. Well, I guess it helps for those logically-minded. Another question in the book that might also be relevant for geeks out there is, how many beers should I have at this uh, company picnic? Right, and what really matters here is how many your boss has. Uh, in the company picnic, you have a lot of leeway if the boss has chosen to be a bit of a lush at the party. If not, then I think you need to watch your step a little more closely. Is affected by minutes of horrid retirement speeches you're likely to listen to, with more minutes increasing the amount you can drink. And uh, how good is your standing in the company? With both ends of the spectrum, if your standing is horrible and you're about to be out the door anyway, you might as well tie one on uh, and have fun. But uh, and if your standing is really good in the company, you can tie one on without it uh, coming back to haunt you too poorly. But it's in the middle there where you need to watch your step a little bit more. So you know, it, it's been fun to. Uh, my mom's a psychologist. You know, my dad's a accounting professor, and it's been fun to use both sides in uh, writing this book, you know, it's the pop psychology as well as the math. And, you know, really the hard math. I've done everything for you, and now all you really need is punch the calculator. <laughs> right. Um, I noticed there's a calculator included with this book. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's been really fun to have input into the book design, but not actually have to follow through with anything myself. The <laughs> publishing company package it with calculator cover, which I think is sort of like geek magnet, you know, pulling predisposed to like the book uh, right in. <laughs> and uh, what's your favorite question in this book? You know, it's funny. I've used a lot of these questions with much success. Being a geek myself, I, I definitely have used the uh, relationship and romance questions. But I also, you know, I find that a lot of the questions that I use really frequently are some of the more mundane questions because they come up every day. Like, uh, should I eat something scary from the back of the fridge or just order Chinese again? Or should I go to the gym? Should I stop to put gas in the car? I find myself thinking in terms of this mathematical approach, which is kind of like the magic eight ball of yesteryear, except uh, did you eat something scary from the back of the fridge? Looks at not only the chance that this fuzzy thing is actually going to bite you back, but also looks at how much of your monthly food budget you've already spent on Chinese food, and looks at the horrid embarrassment of having the uh, Chinese takeout person recognize your number on speed dial. Common sense, but hopefully it's a chuckle approach at the way that we make these decisions, too. <laughs> So after writing this book, uh, do you think math is the solution to all of life's problems? <laughs> you know, strangely enough, I think that we're using math whenever we make a decision. Everybody's listed the pluses and minuses of a choice and, and used this plus and minus framework to balance these choices against each other. We've made decisions for years this way, and you know, all I've done is used math to make comparison a little more precise. You know, maybe something is twice as important, or maybe something is only important once it reaches a certain threshold. 
help or, you know, maybe something is important only in combination with another factor. So, you know, it, it's funny. I, I think math is a great framework for making decisions like, you know, what movie should I pick tonight standing there in Blockbuster or whatever, all the way to decisions like, am I stuck in a rut? This is the way, I hate to admit, my mind works. And I, I think a lot of other people, you know, like the idea that, that decisions can be sort of clear-cut. You know, and the other thing is that I talk to people who say, you know, you get an answer. Um, and But what they really like is that if you get the answer that you don't want, you can look and see how you got that answer. Indeed. And uh, a question I think you and the audience would be interested in is, should I buy this book? <laughs> well, uh, I'll have to uh, I'll have to uh, write an equation for that and uh, stick it on my on my blog. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, if people want equations that aren't in the book or are interested in seeing an equation, drop me a drop me a line. I'm at a uh, Geek Logic with a K, both of them. Dot blogspot. Dot com, and I'd love to hear what people want, uh, what they want solved. <laughs> All right, Mr. Sundem, I want to thank you very much for talking to us today about your book, Geek Logic. Thanks for having me. And we were just talking to Mr. Gar Sundem on his book, Geek Logic. To check out his book, you can go to bookstores around the country or online at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. This is the Berkeley Rocks Science Show you're listening to here on 90.7 FM. In a few moments, the Grokotron 5000. So stay right there. And uh, welcome back to the Berkeley Grok Science Show. And we're ready to play our game, the Grokotron 5000. That's right. It's our computer formerly known as the Commodore 64. And today the Grokotron 5000 has chosen the topic, Is Math the Answer? So for the following five people, the Grokotron 5000 would like to know, Is Math the Answer? Mr. Sundam, are you ready to play this game? Perfect. All right. Uh, person number one. Is math the answer for Michael Jackson? Uh, <laughs> I think that math could influence many of Michael Jackson's decisions and maybe help keep him uh, out of trouble a little bit. I think the first variable I would look at, A, for age, and as age decreases, maybe his contact should also decrease. <laughs> so yes, I think math could definitely help Michael Jackson. Number two, the price of gas. 
You know, that's a more serious question, and I, I think that there are predict the price of gas. This is more like the equation I wrote for Congressional Quarterly that, you know, really looks at data, or I did an equation for Good Morning America that was based on data, and yeah, I mean, definitely can, can predict oil prices. They're very defined factors, so yeah, math definitely predicts oil costs. <laughs> okay, and number three, reality TV shows. Oh, that's funny. You know, if you watch Survivor or something, I wonder if you could quantify a person's chances of winning based on personality style and approach to the game. That would be a more esoteric equation you do, sort of quantify personality. People could define their strategy based on math. Send me your variables. <laughs> Number four, is math the answer for the current greatest unsolved problem in mathematics? The Riemann Hypothesis. Oh boy. Math is really good at solving everyday problems, but it's really horrible at solving math, <laughs> uh, at least in this case. This one, uh, a little more doing. Yeah, math and everyday choices is great, but just don't try to use math by itself. That's the total pain in the neck. And finally, number five, is math the answer for the Republican Party? Oh, that's funny. Well, I, you know, I told you, I, I, I wrote this equation for Congressional Quarterly, and maybe, maybe the Republicans could have consulted it a, a little more. It worked. But math for the Republican Party, boy, I, I think that maybe some of this lighter interpersonal math could actually be the answer rather than cold, hard, impersonal stats that are most frequently used. So yes, it's the answer, but only if used in the incorrect way. Great. Well, Mr. Sandem, I want to thank you so much for sticking around and playing our game, the Garakotron 5000, and talking about your book, Geek Logic. Thanks so much for having me, and have a great day. All right, thank you. You too. Hey, Winnie. It's Eeyore. Do you have that Percocet I asked for? It's oxycodone. It helps relieve the pain of life. And Tokyo Kitch with this week's question of the week, what is a blue moon? Most of the time, the moon is like a cheese, kind of yellow, but once in a while, it's also a little bit orange. That's actually from the dating nitrous oxide. But in a very, very rare instance, there's the blue moon. What is it? Uh, if you know or think you know, email us at grogs at thehotmail.com. You won't win anything, but your cheese will be blue. And that's all for this week's edition of Berkeley Grox. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here at Berkeley Grox, you can email us at grox at hotmail.com. For Berkeley Grox, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and stay tuned for more music. Soon as they out the gate, they all wanna hit a corner, uh-huh. Well, that was cool, but now, but then I heard a rumor, uh-huh. Your crew was riding for...